بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل ابداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من قولي والعمل والنيه والهدى انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم اشرح صدورنا للاسلام ونور قلوبنا بنور الايمان امين يا رب العالمين قال الله سبحانه وتعالى بعد ان اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما ارسلنا من قبلك من رسول الا نوحي اليه انه لا اله الا انا فاعبدون وقالوا اتخذ الرحمن ولدا سبحانه بل عباد مكرمون لا يسبقونه بالقول وهم بأمره يعملون يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يشفعون إلا لمن ارتضى وهم من خشيته مشفقون ومن يقل منهم إني إله من دونه فذلك نجزيه جهنم كذلك نجزي الظالمين أولم ير الذين كفروا أن السماوات والأرض كانتا رتقا ففتقناهما ففتقناهما وجعلنا من الماء كل شيء حي أفلا يؤمنون وجعلنا في الأرض رواسي أن تميد بهم وجعلنا فيها فجاجا وجعلنا فيها فجاجا سبلا لعلهم يهتدون وجعلنا السماء سقفا محفوظا وهم عن اياتها معرضون وهو الذي خلق الليل والنهار والشمس والقمر كل في فلك يسبحون وما جعلنا لبشر من قبلك الخلد افان متفهم الخالدون كل نفس ذائقه الموت ونبلوكم بالشر والخير فتنه والينا ترجعون وَإِذَا رَآكَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِن يَتَّخِذُونَكَ إِلَّا هُزُوًا أَهَذَا الَّذِي يَذْكُرُ آلِهَتَكُمْ وَهُمْ بِذِكْرِ الرَّحْمَنِ هُمْ كَافِرُونَ خُلِقَ الْإِنْسَانُ مِنْ عَجَلٍ سَأُرِيكُمْ آيَاتِي فَلَا تَسْتَعْجِلُونَ ويقولون متى هذا الوعد ان كنتم صادقين لو يعلم الذين كفروا حين لا يكفون عن وجوههم النار لا يكفون عن وجوههم النار ولا عن ظهورهم ولا هم ينصرون بل تاتيهم بغته فتبهتهم فلا يستطيعون ردها ولا هم ينظرون ولقد استهزئ برسل من قبلك فحاق بالذين سخروا منهم ما كانوا به يستهزئون صدق الله العظيم الله عز وجل in these verses uh, speaks about 
Allah's greatness and many amazing aspects of nature which uh, scientists and students in universities and colleges study about Allah mentions some of those um, aspects in this section Allah also um, mentions the, the beginning part about the, the status of angels and how even though they are so close to Allah, so powerful but look at the level of obedience that they have and imagine how everyone else should be then uh, responding to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we'll start from this ayah. <laughs> Allah Azul says, We have not sent before you, O Prophet, وسلم, ayah number 25. We have not sent before you, O Prophet, وسلم, any messenger min qablika, prior to you, Rasul, any messenger, illa, except Nuhi ilayhi, we have revealed to him two things. There is no God but me. Thus you shall worship me alone. This verse is mentioning what is the gist of all the previous scriptures. This verse here is a gist and a khulasa of Torah, Zabur, Injil, and Quran. Every single prophet was given this message. What is the height of knowledge and what is the height of amal? Ilm and amal. What's the height of it? What's the extent of all knowledge? What's the highest degree you can get? What is the highest level of education? You can have. What is that? That is ilm tawheed Highest level of education is tawheed Everything else besides that, if a person doesn't have tawheed is pure jahl. Seriously. It's jahl. A person, subhanAllah, you would, I think you all would agree. If someone comes back with a huge degree, and he's gotten two PhDs, and he's got multiple things beyond that, but he comes home and he says, uh, why do I need to respect someone who simply, you know, was born 20 years before me, my mom and dad? Why do I need to respect them? You know, who, where did this come from? This doesn't make any sense. I am much more educated than them. Look, they, they only have bachelors. They only have high school degree. I got two PhDs. So they should be shining my shoes. So what are you going to say if someone says that? You're going to say, man, you're PhD in one place, but we can tell you you're the, most, the biggest fool. The one who cannot recognize the status of his parents, uh, no matter how many degrees he has, he's definitely a fool. I think most of us would agree here. All of us would agree with that. Well, subhanAllah, there's a status of parents and there's the status of the Lord of the parents. That is Allah Azza wa Jal. The one who's got every degree under the sun, but doesn't recognize his very Lord who created him, his mom and dad, and his college that he studies in, and the, the degree that he, got, he has, and the intelligence, the brain, the mind, the, 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 the fingertips, by which he, the fingers which he's writing, uh, which is typing away his notes, the mind to be able to make that research, the tongue by which he expresses his research. All of that, where did it come from? It came from Allah Azza wa Jal. So if a person has all of these degrees, but he forgets to recognize Allah most definitely, he's even a greater fool. But it's, you're gonna say, yeah, it's obvious, but do we actually think like that? Do we actually think like that? If you have two people walking by in front of you, as has happened in the hadith mentioned, one of them is not a believer in Allah, but has every degree, and is extremely popular, extremely wealthy, extremely well-connected. And there's another one who's a believer in Allah, but he doesn't have any of those things. No prefixes, no suffixes. Zero dollars in the bank balance. When you look at both of these two, in your heart, what do, what, where, do, where does your heart say you want your son to be? Would your heart say that subhanAllah, I want to have this iman along with you know, some aspects of dunya? Or a person won't even look at the person of faith just because he's got no wealth, no position, no worldly education, and his eyes will be focused only on the person who's got all of that. We can answer this question ourselves. When someone says, Who, what do you want your son and daughter to grow up to be? 
What's the role model you have? Who do you aspire to be? We live unfortunately in this world where the, the obvious answer is that we've become a very materialistically focused society. And as Muslims too, we've fallen into the same trap that the rest have fallen into. That the criteria of success is the material gains. And this is the era of materialism. This is the era that is, uh, f- focuses only on this. This is what the religion of Dajjal is. Materialism. So we have to keep on telling ourselves this. That no, I'm not going to be like the rest. I'm not going to preach the same message. I'm not going to think like the rest. I'm going to tell my son and daughter. I'm going to tell myself first. The criteria of success is your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If I want to know if I've educated my son or daughter enough, they say, my son is educated. My daughter is educated. I'm educated. I'm an educated man. Right? Everyone here probably thinks, hey, I want to regard myself as an educated person. The answer to that is, to what degree have you and I mastered ilm al-tawheed? The oneness of Allah, the greatness of Allah, the attributes and the names of Allah, to what degree is this in my heart and the hearts of my children? That is how educated we are. And that, on the basis of that, we will be judged tomorrow. Number two, there are so many things to do in the world. So many things, so many jobs, so many opportunities, so many hobbies, so many trips to take, so many adventures, so many experiences. But the greatest and the most important adventure or action the greatest amal, the greatest job is ibadah. Fa'buduni. That a person understands ilmu tawheed and then that translates into ibadah, ubudiyah and abdiyah, where a person says, I'm a true servant and slave of Allah, hence I am going to be a true worshiper of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The greater the tawheed in a person's heart, the greater the ibadah. This is two links. So this is the khulasa of all the sharia. Khulasa not only of Rasulullah sharia, but the pre- previous books as well. That all of them, every prophet of the past received this. So some may say, I don't want to believe Rasulullah They said that at that time, they say it today. And the answer to them is, for what? Whatever prophet you are worship, uh, uh, following his footsteps, the same message Rasulullah brought with. It's a, uh, basically, it is the same message. There are differences in uh, furu'i issues, ancillary issues. But the basics of both are the same. وَقَالُوا Then they, those who disbelieve said, that the merciful, all merciful Allah has taken to Himself angels as offspring. They, you know, they say people should mind their own business, but they don't. Now imagine, not only are you putting your nose in other person's business, you're putting in the nose in Allah's business. And a person saying, no, Ya Allah, you know what, by the way, you probably didn't know this, but all these angels that are, they are actually your daughters. They're your daughters. So Allah, and then Isa is your son. And then Uzair is your son. A'udhu Billah Right? These type of random accusations they made against Allah for Allah this is a very yeah, this is a huge uh, accusation against Allah Allah says Woman who can be a greater oppressor than the one who falsely accuses Allah of something which he has nothing to do with he falsely accuses of Allah he says he's got a son he's got a daughter he's got this and that and another place in Surah Maryam which you may remember the heavens are about to split but then shakul ard the earth is about to split. The heavens are about to fall apart. Why? Over the, the repugnance and over the evil of this statement. And the statement that Allah has a son. Right? And Allah says, It is absolutely not befitting for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have a son, a child. Because this goes against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being absolutely free of any need, absolutely free of any want, and absolutely having 
any resemblance of, for his creation to have resemblance with with him. He is wahid and he's ahad. He cannot be his one that has no second. He is he cannot be it cannot be replicated, cannot be distributed, cannot be split. Nothing is absolutely unique. He cannot be having an offspring. Nor does he have a spouse. Subhana. Highly exalted is he. What is subhanallah? Subhanallah, we are saying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is exalted and above all evil and all deficiencies. It might be great for you. you say, mashallah, you've got 10 sons. Wow. You've got a huge family. This is good. But for Allah, this is regarded as, as, as nuqs because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is khaliq. For him to have a son is absolutely unacceptable. For you, this is good. You get happy about it, but not for Allah. Right? This is not good. So when you're saying subhanallah, we should be thinking that we are saying Allah is above and beyond any and all types of false attributions towards Him. Any and all types of nuqs, deficiency that people ascribe to Him. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you, uh, Angels are not my daughters, bel rather, ibadu mukramun, they are but honored servants of Allah. I'm not, I'm not distancing myself that I didn't create them. I created them. But it, and they're honorable. But they're my servants. They're not my children. They're my servants. They're not my children. Okay, now the powerful angels, how are they? لا يسبقونه بالقول They do not precede him in speech. وَهُمْ يَمْرِي يَعْمَلُونَ Rather, they do everything only by his command. So the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now speaking about the angels. This is a very interesting topic. You know, one day we should have one, one bayan just on angels. Because uh, it's not really something we speak too often about. But nonetheless here, there are verses of the Qur'an that speak about the angels. Angels are created out of nur. Angels are hidden. Angels are unseen. Just because they are made of nur and we cannot see them, that doesn't mean we don't believe in them. Just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created jinn from fire. And they're also unseen. Right? So we have whatever we see, hundreds and hundreds of times more than that, millions of times more than that, is the makhluk of Allah that we don't see. It's just interesting, right? Because we're just always focusing on things that we see. Rarely do we focus on things that you don't see. Uh, in the majority of the world, we don't see. Majority of it. It's, 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 if this is the makhluk of Allah that we see, subhanAllah, imagine countless. Nabi Alayhi Wasallam said in hadith, مَا فِيهَا مَوْضِعَ أَرْبَعَ صَابِعِ إِلَّا وَمَلِكٌ وَاضِعٌ جَبْهَتَهُ سَاجِدًا لِلَّهِ أَوْكُمَا قَالَ عَيْسَةُ He said the sky is creaking. Sky is creaking. And it only befits that it creaks. Like you have a person walking on a wooden floor, right? On your second floor, you can hear the floor creaking. This is how Rasulullah is saying, I can hear this, or, or the sky is creaking. Due to the weight, something so heavy on the sky. It's creaking. And then he said, it ought to creak. Because the, the load on it is so much. What is the load on the sky? He said, there isn't a spot of four finger lengths. Four fingers, what? Two inches. Two inches in the end, <laughs> everywhere, subhanAllah, just on this table, look at this, right? You probably have, you know, three feet over here. So how, subhanAllah, how many, he says, every single place where you have four fingers, yani, two inches, you have one angel. Every single two inches, you have one angel. What is that angel doing? He has put his head down in sajda for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. What is that? We can't even fathom. We talk about not trillions. No, no, not trillions. Way beyond that. Way, 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 way beyond that. Every two inches you have an angel doing sujood. Unbelievable, unbelievable amounts of makhluk of Allah. And, and these are the ones that are doing sajda. We don't know how many others are maybe doing ruku'ah. How many others are doing qiyam. How many others are just doing tasbih. 
how many other are doing salawat? Think about that. Malaika are doing salawat. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Doesn't say that? Malaika. The angels are doing salawat. Yeah, can you imagine what type of salawat they're That's just, just as the makhluk creator of nur. Then you have the makhluk creator of fire, the Muslim jinn. How much Quran is being recited by them? How much dhikr is being done by them? How much a'mal are being done by them? Unbelievable amounts. They have their adhan, they have their salah, they have everything else going on. Subhanallah. So when we think about ourselves, like mashallah, we're doing so much. We're nothing. <laughs> what are we? What are we in compared to the trillions and trillions of angels and the billions and the billions of jinn? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, 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 do you not see that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every single thing in the heavens and the earth makes sujood? Alright? وَالشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرِ And the sun and the moon. وَالشَّجَرِ The trees. وَالدَّوَاب The animals. وَكَثِيرٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ And many people. Yeah, many don't. But many do. وَكَثِيرٌ حَقَّ عَلَيْهِ الْعَذَابِ And there are many who have now going to be deserving the punishment of Allah. Right? So, this ayah is it? So, this is, yani, subhanallah, what Allah, is, we should remind ourselves that what we do for Allah is nothing. The fact that Allah even allows us to take His name is something we can't thank Him enough for. We cannot be, we cannot be, uh, you know, uh, arrogant over our so called achievements because it's not our achievement. It's the tawfiq of Allah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, to Allah, uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prostrates everything in the heavens and the earth, and then He says, everything in the heavens of the earth, yusabbihu lahu man fi samawat wa man fi al-ard. Ma fi samawat wa man fi al-ard. This is interesting. The Quran uses ma fi samawat wa man fi al-ard. The Quran uses man fi samawat wa man fi al-ard. Man is used for living or those things that have an aql. Ma is used for non living. Allah Azza says those things with a spirit and those things without a spirit. Whether they are in the heavens, whether they are in the earth, وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا And whatever they, what, if they are in between them, they all prostrate to Allah and they all, uh, they all make tasbih of Allah Azza wa Jal. Beloved friends, we're, not, we're talking about numbers that we cannot fathom. So our sitting here 33 times, subhanAllah, 33 times, alhamdulillah, 34 times, Allahu Akbar. It's so insignificant. But yet Allah is so kind that He is willing to give us unbelief for every subhanAllah one tree in Jannah. Now remember, to get a tree in Jannah, you're not going to be plucking the fruits in Jahannam. Do you think so? You're sitting in Jahannam and eating the apples and the fruits of Jannah? No. If you have a tree in Jannah, then what? You have to be in Jannah. Okay, so the ayah I recited was ayah of sajda. Huh? So inshallah after the salah, after our tarah, tafsir here, just remind me inshallah, everyone can do sajda before we leave. So, and those who are listening at home, please do a sajda tilawah. So, so Allah Azza wa Jal, if He's giving us a tree for one subhanallah, that means we are gonna inshallah get into paradise. What is the distance of, well, how big is this tree? According to some narrations, just the shadow of one of these trees, it'll take a fast-paced horse 500 years to traverse the shadow. 500 years to traverse the shadow of one tree. Now you're saying, Sallallahu Alaihi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi there's billions and trillions of angels and jinn doing this. Allah doesn't need me to say that. But I said it. What's gonna happen now? For every single time I say salawat, Allah Azza wa Jalla is going to give me 10 blessings. I'm saying, Ya Allah, send blessings on Rasul Sallam. Guess what's happening? Allah is sending blessings upon me. Number two, I'm going to get 10 rewards. 10 rewards, 10 hasanat. Number three, I'm going to get 10 sins forgiven. 
10 sins forgiven. And number four, 10 levels in Jannah increased. So when you hear this, you say, what? I'm going to do 5,000 salawat a day. I'm going to do 10,000. So the Sahaba said to Rasulullah in one instance, they said, Ya Rasulullah, Allah is willing to give anything and everything so much. If that's the case, we're going to do a lot. We're going to work extra hard. We're going to work extra hard. You know when someone says, uh, you know, whoever, whoever does this work, we're going to have gifts and prizes. Really? How much? How much? How much? Huh? And, and, and ready to do, I'm, I'm going to do more. I'm going to, I'm going to empty out your vending machine. Because <laughs> I'm going to do more. Uh, Nabi alayhi salam told the Sahaba, he said, Allahu Akthar. You can keep on working hard and hard. You will get tired of working hard. Allah will never get tired of giving you. Your effort will end, but Allah's treasures will not end. Allah Azza wa you cannot outdo Him. Beloved brothers and sisters and listeners, let us take motivation from this. To say for simple, Allah doesn't need my tasbih. Allah doesn't need my salawat. It's just an honor Allah is giving you and I. So let's make niyyah every single day to spend a, some portion of time moving our tongue in the remembrance of Allah. Some may say, what's the point of doing this when I'm not focusing? My heart is not focused. I want to sit down, aram, say, take a nice shower, put on some there, take a big tasbih, right? Go sit in the corner of the first rasaf and then do tasbih there. That's great. But you know what? Tasbih is not only for that occasion. You can be in any state. يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ Quran says that. Allah says, you make the best of the best people are those who remember Allah while standing, while sitting, and while lying down. So you're in the state of wudu, or you're not in the state of wudu. You are in the masjid, or you're in the bazaar, in the marketplace. You're in the office, you're at home. You're in the madrasa, in school, or in college, wherever you are. Remembering Allah Azza wa Jal, these are the people of intelligence. So make niyyah, inshaAllah, that you will try to keep your tongue busy in the remembrance of Allah, and I'll do so as well. Number, you know, a question may come to mind. You know that, uh, like we have these goals right now, we've passed out salawat cards and we're encouraging the youth and the boys and the girls from Sunday school, from Makta, from Islamic schools to come on, join us in this, uh, in this effort of trying to do dhikr as much as possible. So some may ask, but you know, if I mark this card and I do it, it seems there's riya in here, I'm showing off, right? There's no ikhlas in this. Because now my mom and dad are seeing how much I'm doing, I'm putting on the kitchen table, I'm encouraging my sibling to say, I did 5,000, how much have you done? Come on. So that's why I don't want to do this anymore. It's weird how shaitan comes to people in different ways. We call all of this called nurani waswasa. Nurani waswasa. It's a waswasa in the presence, in the, in the, in wrapped up in, wrap, you know, nice shiny wrapping paper, wrapping paper. It's like basically, you know, filth, najasa, that you put a nice wrapping paper with a nice little balloon on top of it with a card and you give it to someone. Right? That's what shaitan does to us. He gives us filth and he wraps it up. We're like, oh, mashallah, we got this. But it's actually all filth. There's nothing good in it. So he'll tell you, oh, you're not being sincere enough. He'll tell you, you're not being good enough. He'll tell you, you've sinned so much, give it. Like when recently I heard someone asking a question, oh, if I take an intoxicant, if I take an intoxicant, then uh, my, my, my uh, any drug or some other thing, then my, my uh, salah is not accepted for 40 days. So hence, I'm not going to be praying anymore because I smoked weed or vaped or this or that or something beyond that. Hence, I'm not going to pray salah for the next 40 days. Now, after, after 40 days, like, what's the point? I already missed 40 days of salah. So I might as well stop praying. It's a real question that came recently, right? So the, subhanAllah, that's not the, what the hadith is saying. Don't pray for 40 days. That's like someone says, uh, a teacher makes a mistake, a student makes a mistake, and the teacher says, you know what? You, this is the fourth day in a row you have come without your homework. Fourth day in a row you've come late. Go stand outside, right? Uh, if you don't want to study, then leave. Oh, okay. 
Then imagine subhanAllah, he goes to the locker, packs up his bag, takes everything, goes to the room where he stays, got his all the blood, calls a Uber, and takes a flight. But, and then, <laughs> then the next day, the still doesn't come. The office calls, what happened? Where are you at? He said, I went home. What happened? The teacher said, go home. Right? So we'd say, what are you talking about? That was tawbihan. That's like Quran says, فَمَنْ شَافَ الْيُؤْمِنُ وَمَنْ شَافَ الْيَكْفُرُ Whoever wants to believe in Allah, believe in. Whoever wants to do kufr, do kufr. Is that Allah telling you to do kufr? Allah didn't say that. Look at the next ayah. Believe it or not, I actually heard this. I heard this being coded just like this. Wallahi. Allah, someone said, فَمَنْ شَافَ الْيُؤْمِنُ وَمَنْ شَافَ الْيَكْفُرُ There's no compulsion in Islam. Right? You can do whatever you want. You can follow Islam, you want to follow some other religion. The Quran itself says, whoever wants to believe in Allah, believe in Allah. Whoever wants to do kufr, do kufr. Wait, how did you take this out of context? What's the next arsha? What's after this in Surah Kaf? Yeah. Indeed, you want to believe, believe, you want to disbelieve, you disbelieve. Indeed, we have prepared for the oppressors such a fire whose walls are also going to be made of fire. And if they beg and beseech for water, the water that will be given to them will be boiling, boiling hot water mixed with pus, mixed with all the fluids of the Jahannami. Yashwil wuju that will literally barbecue and grill the faces. Why don't you read the rest of the ayah? Is Allah really giving you a choice? Of course not. But so now that's, that's mis- misquoting the Quran. And so when a teacher says that same thing, so now a person, if a Quran, a hadith says, the one who doesn't, who, who uses an intoxicant, his 40 days uh, dua or ibadah or etc. is not accepted, that idea is to stop you to say, Astaghfirullah, I shouldn't do this. But if a person ended up doing something like that, that doesn't mean he shouldn't pray for 40 days. As soon as you repent and you say, Ya Allah, I made a mistake. Even in that state of sukr, in, in, even in that state of intoxication, if a person says, Ya Allah, please forgive me, please forgive me, Allah Azza wa Jal will forgive him. Allah will forgive him. And what does the Rasul say? وَإِنْ عَادَ فِي الْيَوْمِ سَبْعِينَ مَرَّةً Even if he repeats this mistake and does tawbah, repeats the mistake, does tawbah, repeats the mistake and does tawbah, 70 times in one day, Allah Azza wa Jal will be still willing to forgive him. So where did we misunderstand this? That if a person used some drug, that he shouldn't pray for 40 days. Yes, this is a warning. So that it be supposed to serve as a deterrent for people falling into this thing. That's what it's supposed to be. Khair. We're speaking about the fact that we should uh, uh, recite. Shaytan comes and tells us that if you don't do salawat, you're doing salawat for riyah. So remember something we've heard from our elders. That actions usually start off with riyah. You're praying salah, parent walks in, teacher walks in, you're in the, Allah, you, then you slow down. You go in ruku sajda, and then you just slow down. Now what should you do? I was going up and down, kiss the ground, and someone walked in. I should slow down? No, no, this is riyah. Let me, do, let me keep on doing the worst thing. Let me just really do a pray in, in salah of a munafiq. That's what Nabi Sallallahu said. What did he say? He said, that's a salah of a munafiq who goes in ruku and sajda the way a hen or a chicken pecks the ground, up and down, like this. He said, he waits till the salah time is about to end. Allah forgive me and forgive you. Uh, like the sun is about to set, and then he goes and prays. He said, that's a salah of who? A hypocrite. Allah Azza wa says, Allah Azza says, وَإِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَامُوا kusala. The hypocrites are the ones that they do pray salah, but when they pray salah, they pray lazily. They're not interested. وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا They do remember Allah, but they remember Allah very little. Did you hear this? A hypocrite remembers Allah for fake. 
faking. He's faking, and he's not obviously remembering Allah. And number two, he prays. When does he remember Allah? He'll give the adhan. He might give the iqama. He might pray salah once in a while in Jum'ah or, or Fajr also. He's a hypocrite. He doesn't believe in any of this stuff. He's doing it because it's culturally accepted, expected from him. He comes back home from university. He needs to act like a Muslim. Because today we have real hypocrites. Not like we thought hypocrites ceased to exist. They are back in, unfortunately, in fashion. Right? We have millions of hypocrites who are absolutely not Muslim at all. But when they come into certain gatherings, then they start acting like Muslim. So he prays, but lazy. He's not, of course, he doesn't believe in any of this stuff. And he's, he doesn't remember Allah, but he might be even leading salah. Okay? He might be saying, he, but he'll have the loudest tasbih, you know, just to act like he's a real Muslim. Astaghfirullah, make the tasbih loud. Allah Azza wa says, these are, these are hypocrites. So, you know, but how many times our salah is horrible quality? That is salah of a hypocrite as well. May Allah save us from performing salah quickly. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from doing, being, may Allah, incur, may Allah make us wrong those who hasten towards salah, but while in salah, may He make us wrong those who perform it slowly. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. So Nabi alayhi salatu salam, he says that this is the salah of a hypocrite. So now, if you, someone walks in and you're doing, going through salah very fast, should we slow down or no? What do you guys think? Should we continue because we don't want to be doing riya? We don't want to show, we don't want to slow down just to impress someone, right? So what do you, what do you all think we should do? Go fast, continue, or slow down? Continue as is. What do you say? Huh? Slow down? Even you, huh? Continue fast. Even the people watching you. You got caught. Yes, so now when, when you already got corrected by them, when they walked in, you realize this is wrong. Of course, that's why you're thinking. Because you know you're doing wrong. When someone walks in, you're like, oh, what am I doing? That, that Alhamdulillah, Islam has already done. They walked in and you already realized that, okay, this is wrong. I shouldn't be praying like this. I'm praying in front of Allah. Before these people walked in, Allah was already with me. And how dare, man, I am a hypocrite. Because Allah was watching me, I didn't care about Him. And now people walked in like that. So now you slow down because at least this became a turning point. You make niya. May Allah forgive me. These people came in. I'm, and I'm waking up now. But now I feel guilty and I make a niyyah the remainder of my salah. I'm going to do it slowly, but not for them, but for Allah Azza wa Jal. So these people walked in, became the catalyst. The catalyst to wake you up. That is, you should not continue in a, a quick manner. You should slow down, definitely. So now, how does this stuff work? I was saying, ulama say, things start off with, things start off with, riya. Every time someone walks in, you're slowing down. Every time someone walks in, you start reading Quran more passionately. Every time someone walks in, your dua, your hands raise up a little bit. You put on a, you know, you, basically imagine is what happens when the cameras are rolling. Someone is opening up their camera and trying to film you. How do you do that? You see, that's what riya is, right? But that's a start. And they say you keep on doing action with riya until you do it so much riya every day riya for fajr, every day riya for dhuhr, every day riya for after maghrib adhkar, and salatul awwabin, salatul tahajjud, riya, 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 until it becomes a habit. From riya it changes into ada. Okay? And then from ada, you keep on doing it, keep on doing it, and you say, man, it's been 10 years I'm doing this. I really got to make this into ibadah. So now all the people who used to film you or used to look at you, who cared about you, they died or they moved on or whatever. But like I've been doing it. I might as well just change my niyyah now. I'm only doing it for Allah. Whether these people are here or not here. Whether they praise me or dislike me. Whether they call me out, I don't care. I'm doing it for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jalla. So that's what we have to understand. Things do start off at times with riya. Not all the time. But they start off with riya. And they start off with competition. Start off with trying to be ahead. Okay. 
if that's for children or people beginners in their journey of iman beginners in the journey of uh, deen that's okay then as you mature in your deen and mature in your life that changes onto habit and then from habit it becomes into ibadah so that is why i encourage everyone here to please take this month of rabiul awwal and the and the weeks before the sira conference serious and try to push yourselves and i push myself and you push yourself and push our children to in to inshallah do as much salawat upon the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as as possible and don't think you're doing a favor upon anyone besides yourself because every time you're doing that allah azza wa jalla is sending down blessings upon us so we are speaking about now these amazing creatures of allah called angels how respectful are they they when they don't jump in and say start speaking so that's what you learn the respect of elders of elders that youngsters are not supposed to speak in front of the elders okay so we have a problem in this country and this day and age this this adab is gone right? this, everyone is allowed to and, and is encouraged to just speak your mind blurt out whatever you want all the time you see little kids correcting their parents right correcting the parents speaking before them and answering on behalf of them. This is not the deen. Nabi alayhi salatu salam corrected a person uh, who was speaking in front of someone who was an elder from a tribe that had come. He said, the, the elder amongst you should speak. And the elder from amongst you should lead salah. And the elder from amongst you should be the leader, etc, etc. So that's the etiquette. Here you have angels. They're powerful. They're powerful. They're huge. Right? One angel is more than sufficient to wipe us all out. You don't need 10 nukes or 20. One angel is sufficient to knock us all out. But in front of Allah they absolutely are, will not speak unless they're given permission. And everything they do, even though they're so powerful, they dare not speak or do any action without the permission of Allah. And as powerful as they are, Allah knows everything that is in front of these angels, everything that lies behind the angels. And these angels cannot intercede except on behalf of those whom Allah is pleased with. For out of fear of Him, they are cautious. So as great as they are, they are filled with awe of Allah Azza wa Jal. And so they, there's a saying in Arabic, they say, Hasanatul Abrar Sayyatul Muqarrabeen. You may have heard of this. Hasanatul Abrar Sayyatul Muqarrabeen. That the good deeds of the pious are regarded as sins of those who are very close to Allah. So let's say a person who stood up and prayed four rakats of, 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 of tahajjud salah uh, after his isha. MashaAllah, that's great. That's seriously something worthy of, 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 of being applauded. But if a muttaqi, muqarrab, the one who's closest to Allah does this, this is regarded as sin. Why did you do it right after Isha? You need to wake up in the last third of the night. And you need to pray eight. And then you need to make long dua. And for an hour or two you pray. And then you go to back to sleep. And then you wake up for fajr. That's the hardest. It's called salah bayna nomain. To pray salah between two sleep. Two, this is the hardest and the most rewarding to pray between two sessions of sleep. You're breaking that sleep cycle for the sake of Allah. Right? That's a mujahada there. So if someone just says, I prayed four after, alhamdulillah, that's good. But if he's a muqarrab, that's going to be regarded as actually something not good. There you go. So angels are so close to Allah that they, the expectations from them is very high. Hence, they are always on alert. Subhanallah. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned regarding one of the angels, if I remember the hadith properly, that, that this angel has, uh, 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 was it about Israfil or some other angel, that he has never smiled. He hasn't smiled for billions of years, millions of years. Why is that an angel? Because he has the, whore, the trumpet, of course, 
Israfil will have the trumpet in his mouth. And he is simply waiting, just waiting. The trumpet is in his mouth, he's waiting for Allah's signal to come. So that, that's, you know when they say the, 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 the certain army, the Minutemen, etc. They're waiting for alert. Allahu Akbar, what could, be, what could be a more powerful, destructive army than this? The trumpet of Israfil. Nothing's gonna stand. Nothing's gonna stand. Everything's gonna die. Kullu man Right? Every single thing on this earth is going to die. Perish. We talked about that last week. That, you know, the, the angels thought, khalas, we're not on the earth. But I was told that he's gonna also overtake them. Right? Subhanallah. So the angels, they know, they know how powerful Allah is. That's why they're so afraid. They're so afraid. Okay, shafa'ah. What is shafa'ah? Shafa'ah is when you intercede on behalf of someone in front of Allah Azza wa Jal. And Allah Jalla Jalalu in reality through the process of shafa'ah wants to show the honor of the shafi'ah. Allah wants to show the honor of the one who's interceding. Say, there's an individual who's destined to go to Jahannam. Allah Azza wa Jalla says, O Hafid al-Qur'an, O Alim of the Deen, O Scholar of the Deen, O Shaheed, O uh, 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 Qur'an, O Sadaqah in Sawm, O Angel, O Rasulullah Sallam, intercede on his behalf. And then the intercession is done, and then he's forgiven and he goes to Jannah. What happened over here? Obviously, Allah already knew who's going to Jannah. That was already destined. What happened is through this process of shafa'ah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to raise the status in front of every one of these individuals who did the intercession. That's the purpose of it. To show the honor of the Qur'an, to show the honor of good deeds, to show the honor of Rasulullah That's why they're going to be given a chance to do shafa'ah. Shafa'ah is to mean two. Witr means odd, shafa'ah means even. So when you have shafa'ah, you have two things together. Um, so when, when, when shafa'a, through shafa'ah, a person is, a person is jo- joining Jannah. Shafa'ah, interesting thing, is joining of two things, Every single thing that happens in this world, any, think about this, any benefit or harm that comes to you is, is like shafa'ah, like shafi'ah. Like this harm was here, it hit me. That's shafa'ah. Benefit was here, it hit me. That's shafa'ah. Because now we were two separate, and now we became together. We become even, two. Any type of shafa'ah, any type of mixing that happens in this world is only through the will of Allah. So whoever harms you and whoever benefits you, it's only through the will of Allah that's happening. Attribute all of that towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what we learned from here. That do not praise someone so much that you forget Allah Azza wa Jal. Do not, punish, do not be so angry at someone to the degree where you forget that this person is actually a test from Allah. This is how, this is how we learn how to forgive people. Because when people do things hurtful to us, we have to remind ourselves to say, we have to tell ourselves that this person couldn't have done the, could not have done this to me without the knowledge and the permission of Allah. Like a person gets hit by, by a car, or Allah forbid, gets hit by a falling tree. What would happen? You're going to go hit the tree? Right? A tree hit a person, Allah, that's bad, sad. You make, you know, go to the hospital, do whatever you need to do. But it is what it is. What happened? You say the tree fell by the will of Allah. And it broke the, it, 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 it uh, destroyed the car. So when a person physically, emotionally harms us, 
I am not saying there's no method of recourse here or that we shouldn't do something about it. But in our mind to help us overcome the trauma of this, we have to tell this person, a leaf cannot fall without the permission of Allah. A tree cannot fall without the permission of Allah. A slap can come without the permission of Allah. A harsh tongue cannot come, a harsh word cannot be emanating from a person's tongue without the permission of Allah. That this, these type of stones that people are throwing at me are like hailstones. If a hailstone hits you, what is it? Where did it come from? It came from Allah. It wasn't just random that you got hit by a hailstone. Similarly, when people throw things at you, remember that is through the will of Allah Azza wa Jal. That person is going to get punishment for it if Allah doesn't forgive him. But this is how we tell ourselves, we, this is how we remind ourselves that we should not get upset so much about what people do to us to a degree that we're consumed by anger. We're consumed by hatred or we're consumed by the desire for revenge. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to keep our hearts clean for one another. I mean, And if any one of them were to say, I'm a God apart from Him. If any angel, are they going to say this? Of course not. Hypothetically, if any angel says, I'm a God besides Allah. Even though they're angels, they're created out of nur, and all they know is sajda, all they know is tasbih, they don't eat, they don't drink, they don't get married, all they do is dhikr of Allah. Yet if anyone were to ever claim to be a God besides me, then such a one would, re- would we would punish him and recompense him with nothing but jahannam. For thus it is that we recompense the wrongdoers. Meaning, Allah is saying, oh disbelievers, if this is what I would do to an angel, what would I do to you? Right? If I can do, and guess what? Allah says this not only about angels. Who's that? Who does He say this about? He says this about Rasulullah Subhanallah. I remember one place, one, in, one, in one place I was traveling, I translated verses of the Surah Bani Israel on this. About, about what Allah Azza wa tells Rasul, about Rasulullah People got really angry. Really angry. They said, well, take this guy out. He's woozy. He's speaking ill about the Prophet. I said, but I'm just translating. Sorry, you, maybe you never you know, came across these ayats. They're, these are in Bani Israel. Right so in the 15th juz, right before Surah Kahf, you go to uh, like the last, um, the fourth ruku from the end. What is that? Where Allah Azza wa Jal tells that if you لَقَدْ كِتَّ تَرْكَنُوا إِلَيْهِمْ شَيْءٍ قَلِيلًا إِذَا لَأَذَقْنَاكَ الضِّعْفَ الْحَيَاةِ وَالضِّعْفَ الْمَمَاتِ ثُمَّ لَا تَجِدُ لَكَ عَلَيْنَا نَصِيرًا That if you were to, if you were to slightly, even slightly be inclined towards the mushrikeen, even if, which is never going to happen, why would you do that? But even if you were to slightly be inclined to the mushrikeen, Right? Then we would make you taste the punishment twice in this world, twice after death. And then you would never find anyone to help you against us. The obvious message is to you and I that if I can say this to my Prophet who I love the most, who is the most sublime creation of Allah, who have already forgiven before he's done anything, and on and on the list goes, then imagine, do you think that you stand a chance against me? That's the whole point. It's supposed to make us you know, shiver out of the fear of Allah Azza wa Jal. That if Allah can tell His Nabi this, how do you and I think that we'll just get by tomorrow? As some people say, Tomorrow we'll sort it out. Don't worry about me. Who says that? A complete fool would say stuff like that. That I'll figure out tomorrow. No, Allah Azza wa Jal is not the, your buddy that you just sort it out under the table. No, that doesn't happen. We have to make tawbah right now in this world. We have I've sinned, we've all sinned. We make millions of mistakes every day. We will continue to make, we know that. But every single day we have to repent. And we say, Allah, I am not sinning because I, I think I can deceive you. I'm not sinning because I think I can beat you. 
or I can outdo you, or I can overcome you. I'm sinning because I have fallen prey to my nafs and shaitan. That's it. At least say this, that Ya Allah, I'm not sinning intentionally, arrogantly, thinking I can take you on. That was not my, my intent. I made a mistake, but I have done so because I have become a victim of my nafs and shaitan. Please help me overcome this. Then inshallah Allah will forgive us. Do the disbelievers, do they not see that the heavens and the earth were conjoined as one mass and then we separated them and that we have made every living thing therein from water, will they then not believe in Allah's oneness? So this part over here, there are many tafasir of this. One explanation is that the heavens and the earth, ratqan, they were, they were barren. In a sense that the, 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 earth, the heavens were not giving rain, and the earth was not giving vegetation. They were all blocked off. This is the original tafsir that has been written and shared in the books of tafsir. Allah Azza wa Jalla Allah opened them up, and so that the sky started pouring out rain, and the earth started pouring out vegetation. And long ago, <clears throat> number two explanation is that ratqan also means to be one mass connected. Fataqa means to open up, crack open. And so you can see how this tafsir, this tarjama, which is mentioned here in the slide, uh, it explains also that, that man today has gotten to figure out this ayah. The haqiqah of this ayah, through his mushahada, through his experience, and through his study, that this is very similar to the Big Bang Theory. That the heavens and the earth, all were one mass, one small teeny mass together. Fatqa took place, that they were separated. And that's when they come, come, began to expand. And Allah says in Surah Thariyat, Indeed the heavens we've created with hands or with power, if you want to take a metaphorical meaning. And we will continue, and we are continually expanding it. So the continual expansion of the universe is also mentioned in Surah Thariyat. And the fact that everything began as one mass and, and it, it, it separated from there is mentioned in this verse 30. So what the ayats that we're covering today, so many of these ayats, you can study it from a scientific perspective. And much can be said. This is not the, 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 the mawdu' of this dars. This is not what I'm discussing here. But I'm just letting you know, you can make a note of this. For those of you interested in studying from that perspective, this, this ayah number 30 and the next few ayats here have a lot of things that, uh, that are very interesting about, about nature. One thing we need to understand is that nature is from Allah and the Qur'an is from Allah. It can never happen, never happen, never happen that the verses of Allah go against the creation of Allah. Cannot happen. Impossible. Then either one of the two cannot be from Allah. If we believe the Quran is from Allah and, and the world has been created by Allah, there has to be, they have to match up. However, our experience and our study of the universe is not always obviously we're catching up. <laughs> we may never catch up to the reality of it. We may die probably most likely not knowing the realities of the universe. Right? So just remember that if, if science is saying something different, just imagine how much science has moved forward. Like this 500, this, the, as, the aspect of the universe expanding. It wasn't found in 500 years ago. This is, this is Ayani. Up to five, 500 years ago, this is when we learn about this. Approximately before that, this was not something that was well known in the in the scientific community. And there's many other things like that. So what are we going to say? Is that uh, Quran wrong? No, we'll just say science hasn't caught up yet to the Quran. 
That's all it is. That is why, beloved brothers and sisters, we shouldn't study Quran from a scientific perspective with the niyyah of trying to prove the veracity of the Quran through science. That's a huge mistake. Never make that mistake. Right? Because why? Science changes. And there's ikhtilaf in science. There's differing opinions. You can always find some refuting this and that, whatever. And you don't want that to cause people to doubt in the Quran. Just something to keep in mind. And I've shared this long ago in this tafsir here, that that is why when Rasulullah explained the verses of the Quran, you saw he didn't give scientific explanations. He could have. He could have said, this is the reality of what this ayah was. But he didn't. There's basic explanations. This thing wasn't mentioned. And this is also what we think to be. We don't know, right? And so the ulama explained why. Such a beautiful point I want you to make heed of here, take heed of. Is that if you were to explain the waqi'ul hal or haqiqatul hal, the reality of these verses of nature, how things were created, embryology, astronomy, zoology, biology, whatever, all these other things, if you were to explain it exactly how it really is, whether we have understood it today or we'll understand in the next 2,000 years, do you think the Bedouins and the average person of his time, even the most educated, would believe in him? Listen, what are you talking about? Because what, what we have achieved is what? 5,000 years? I don't know how many thousands of years of, of experience of, 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 of trying and again trying and f- figuring things out. We've understood certain things. The Sahaba and the Muslims and the non-Muslims of Rasulullah's time would, not, would, not, would have a hard time believing if Rasulullah explained it like this. So if, okay, and now if Rasulullah explained scientific things in a level that the people of his era would appreciate and understand, meaning dumbed it down, then what would happen to the people of today? So, come on, look at your prophet. Look what he's saying. Look at art to science. Today science says this. That doesn't make sense. So he did not dumb it down or simplify it to the level of the people of his era. And nor did he say what it really is or what we think it really is. Because in both ways it would be harmful. To the deen of those people or to our deen. That is why subhanAllah, he left it ambiguous and say each era can understand it based on the usul that's there this is the basics of it now you want to interpret it in any manner based on whatever your experiences are alhamdulillah as long as it doesn't contradict any other verse of the Quran and doesn't contradict the principles of the sharia that's okay we have made every living thing from water there's so much can be said about this will they not then believe in Allah's oneness Allah says we have now then made the mountains rasiya rawasi means pegs anchoring pegs there's these huge mountains that are now as anchors. If Allah were to remove all the mountains, again, this is verses you can study from, uh, from a scientific perspective, right? That if the mountains were not there, what would happen to the balance of the earth, right? It would, it would, be, it would, it would completely go uh, uh, you know, out. So that Allah says, the reason I put these pegs there, I'm so it does not sway with them upon it as it spins. So the fact that the earth is spinning is also coming from here. Because if the earth wasn't moving, if it was set, then there would be no fear of it spinning. You don't need mountains. The fact that the Qur'an multiple places talks about mountains being as pegs tells us the fact that it is rotating around an axis. And we have made therein broad pathways. There's rivers, there's uh, canals, there's canyons, all of those between the earth. So that they may find guidance therein. And we have made the heaven a vault. Okay, this vault is protected it, above the earth. It doesn't fall down. And it is protected from, in, you know, you can take that in, in, in that sense of not falling down. Or you can take it that there are angels protecting it. And that revelation is protected. That the shayateen cannot go mess things around as mentioned in Surah Al-Jinn. 
still they turn away from pondering the wonders of its signs. Beloved brothers and sisters, in order for us to gain connection with the Quran or, or, or gain connection with Allah, we have to take time to observe nature. And like right now, one of the most beautiful things outside is what? What is it? The changing of the colors of the leaves, right? So we can't just drive by. We really need to take time to stop and reflect. Stop your car, get out, and look at some amazingly bright orange, bright yellow, bright red tree. Some of them are like, uh, you know, three colors in one leaf. And pick it up and look at it. Maybe in your yard, as you're raking, pick it up and just start pondering that how, Allah didn't have to do this. Allah could have done, kun fayakun. You wake up in the morning, all, all the leaves are gone, finish. He could have done that. Why did he go through this elaborate process of weeks long of slowly the colors of the leaves from green changing, changing until they fall away? MashaAllah. So this is not just, uh, yani you drive by it. This is what we're doing. We don't look at these things. It will really increase your iman if you pick up a leaf and study it. Pick up anything from a blade of grass to a squirrel that you see in your backyard. Focus and think, how is a squirrel looking for its risk right now? Right? How is running around, subhanAllah? Everything around us, beloved friends, is speaking about the oneness of Allah. We have to look for it. He is the one who has created the night and the daylight, sun and the moon. And this is another amazing ayah. Each one is swimming on within its course through the spheres as preordained. This ayah, did we know previously that the sun has its own rotation? Right? That the earth and the sun and the moon all have their own orbits? Of course not. This is again a later thing. But the Quran said that. Every single celestial object it has its own orbit. Right? Powerful ayah. And not only that, the cells also. Right? From a cellular level, molecular level, every single thing is subhanAllah going around. Like we're doing tawaf around the Kaaba. Every single cell of the universe is also doing tawaf. Right? Uh, this is the beauty and the greatness of Allah. Uh, for the, then the disbeliever said, they started saying, May Rasul die. Na'udhu billah. Right? They started wishing for his death. We don't want to believe in him. If he dies, it would be better. Why? Allah says, For what? How does that change your message? Guess what? His message. All the prophets before him died and their message remained alive. He will pass away and his message will still remain. His passing away will not change the longevity of his message. Inna shaniaka. The one who cursed Rasulullah The one who, who, who insulted Rasulullah Allah says, He's the one who's got no children. He's the one who's got no nasal. He's the one who's got no name. Who knows about where Abu... Uh, today we went into Badr, we're looking also where the kuffar buried. It was so hard to find. Huh? Wait, wait. Everyone said, no, there's no, there's no mention where, where you know, Abu Jahl is. Right? Subhanallah. You go, try to go find the grave of Abu Lahab. Go find the grave of Abu, Abu Jahl. Go find the grave of Aqba bin Mu'ayyit. All these people who cursed Rasulullah who did all these things. No. But um, you say Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanallah. Which person does not know the picture of the green dome? Right? Who doesn't know about that? Allahu Akbar. Right? The most famous grave, isn't it? The most famous picture of any grave in the world. Be it Muslim or non-Muslim. So Nabi Alayhi deen did not come to an end by him passing away. Allah says number one. Number two, what about you? He died, he's gonna pass away, his deen is gonna live a life, so you're, you're failed, number one. Number two, what about you? You're not gonna, you're not gonna come back to me? That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Rasulullah tell them, فَتَرَبَّصُوا You're waiting for my death? إِنِّي مَعَكُمْ مُتَرَبِّسُونَ I'm also waiting. You wait for me, I'll wait for you. And we see who has the last laugh. أَفَإِمْ 
O Rasulullah if you die as the disbelievers hope, will they then be immortals? Of course not. This ayah also for our, for our era is also very, very good for us to reflect for, and for, our, for immediately right now, is that no matter how long we live, how amazing and comfortable lives are, but remember is that our, our ending time is also coming. Right? If there's anyone who would, live, who would be given a chance to live forever, it would have been Rasulullah wasallam. That's it. If, if he would be the one who would be deserving of this. When Allah did not give him this, he's not going to give it to anyone else. I came a nice post, someone said, share in Urdu, he said, Sari Umar set honi ki koshish ki, Sari Umar set honi ki koshish mein bhaagte rahein, aur aakhir mein kisi ne qabar mein utar kar keh diya, muh kaaba ki taraf kar dein, haan, ab set hai, ab thik hai. Allahu Akbar. Aise hi hota hai na? Haan, ab set hai, ab thik hai, chalo utro. Bas yehi hai zindagi ka khulasa. He said, a person sets, spends his whole life trying to get himself set. I'm, I'm there, I'm there. I'll start coming to the masjid. Just wait. Let me just finish high school. Let me just finish my college. Let me just finish my graduate school. Let me just get set in my new job. Set in my new home. Set in my married life. Yay! Subhanallah. This is, the, this is a message to myself and all those who move to this community to be part of the masjid. How many years is it going to take to get set? All those students and alumni and all those people who come to this area saying we want to be close to the masjid. What are you waiting? It's been three years, four years, five years, six years, two years. Why well, you say, but he's still getting set. So a person says, I'm getting set. Whole life, subhanAllah, we say he's getting set. Eventually, before you know it, you're lowered into the grave and the people and the family members will come, turn your face towards the Kaaba and they say, now you're set. That's what, exactly what they usually say. And then they walk out of the grave and then they start pouring the soil over and done deal. So we can't always just be focused on this milestone, that milestone. I will, so I will come to the deen, I'll come to start, start studying ilm until I just be, pay off this and pay off that. And I'll take care, I'm, I'm going to become, the biggest one is, I'm gonna, I just want to earn so enough so that I can inshallah become a full-time student of knowledge. That I'm just going to sit in the front row all day. I'm just going to earn a little love. This is, all, this is not what Nabi Sallallahu taught us to do. Nabi Sallallahu didn't say, you know, leave your job and come sit in the masjid. He didn't say that. That's not what he taught us to do. That's the whole name of the game. Is you go work 8 hours a day and come study half an hour. You go work 12 hours a day and study 15 minutes. That's the grind. That's the jihad al-akbar. That is where your reward will come. That you're so tired, mashallah, like all these adults are here. Mashallah, coming straight from work. You can see how so many of them many times are tired. They don't have them and had dinner. They haven't, of course, gotten any sleep. But mashallah, they come to the masjid attending the durus regularly. May Allah increase you. May Allah reward you. May Allah grant you and I istiqama. May Allah grant you more than you can expect. Amin Rabbil Alameen So let's stop waiting for the perfect time There's no perfect time The perfect time is when you get tawfiq If you're listening to this message right now Jump on it right now Connect yourself with the masjid Connect yourself with classes Kullu nafsin Every single soul shall taste death Everyone must Whoever came into this world must leave Right? What is that nafs? It's something It's like soul is made out of nur And it is placed inside the body you can't see it. It's like the fragrance of a flower that you can, you know it's in there, but you can't see it. Similarly, the soul is in the body, but you can't see it. It's a makhluk created out of nur. This soul must taste death. And then Allah gives us the khulasa of life. Allah gives us the gist of life. When We test you in this life with evil and good. Very interesting. We learn from here that, of course you get tested with difficulty, but also you get tested with goodness. So just like sickness is a test, health is a test. Just like poverty is a test, wealth is a test. Just like being 
hearing news that makes you depressed is a test. Similarly, hearing news that makes you super happy is also a test. Every, having sick children is a test. Having super healthy children is a test. Having children who are failing in class or in school is a test. Having children who are doing exceedingly well in school is a test. Having children whose marriages are falling apart is a test. Having children who have beautiful marriages is a test. Having no children is a test. And having many sons and daughters is a test. Everything is a test. All of the time. And Umar anhu said, that we've been, we've been tested by ease and difficulty, both. He says he's talking about his own life and the life of the Sahaba. He says we've been tested through ease and difficulty. And indeed the test of ease is more difficult than the test of difficulty. The test of ease is more difficult than the test. So what we are going through right now, beloved brothers and sisters, in, a, in, in, in most of us, or I'd say all of us in this country, compared to our, our, our Muslim brothers and sisters across the globe, is definitely the life of comfort, <clears throat> which is a huge test. Bigger than those who are, uh, who are trying to fend themselves off from drones and bombs and civil war and whatnot. What, did you hear what's happening in East Africa? Uh, in, 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 SubhanAllah, in, in, what's this? Uh, Eritrea and in, in, in this area, if you just, if it is just uh, unbelievable level of, of 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 death and mayhem and fighting, a famine, famine. They're saying, I think I don't know if I said this last year in the tafsir. It's just it's just wake up call of what people are going through. They're saying right now, the next five months are expecting a person to die every thirty six seconds, every thirty six seconds from famine. Two thousand eleven, two hundred fifty thousand people died out of starvation. And now they're saying this one's going to be far many more times worse than that. The world is watching. We're talking about one person. One person, sad case, sad story. I know about that. Right? We heard about it. One person passed away in a prison in Iran. That's sad. Okay. But subhanAllah, what, the whole world turned upside down over that. And you have, have 500,000 about to die in the next five months. Right? And already in the past two years, they're saying between in the civil war that's happening there, seven hundred to eight hundred thousand people, most of them civilians, have died. Just look at these numbers. I think nine out of ten sitting here don't even have never heard of this. But look at how unjust the world is—that you have millions dying one side. And then for propaganda sake, for an agenda sake, someone will take one case and make it into a thing. Well, although every life is valuable, but what about these millions of lives? And what are we doing about it? The world can get together and do something to stop this famine. We can. So my beloved friends, now next time you go home, and tonight we're going to have chai outside and whatnot, just think, subhanAllah, while I'm having this, what's happening to my brothers and sisters, many of them Muslim, who, who are subhanAllah literally dying out of starvation. I, I, before I came for the tafsir, I saw a news, it was just worse than that. It was talking about hyenas who are eating off the flesh of these dead people. Right now in Africa, this was titled, the, the article, that hyenas are finding corpses and eating off of them. Inna lillahi wa inna raji'un. Of a, of a mother who's, who out of her own weakness didn't ha, doesn't have the ability to bury her own child who's died in her arms. These are the craziest stories that are happening right now as we speak. How much shukr we have to make. How much shukr for every morsel of food, for every warm jacket, for our socks, for our masjid, for our ilm, for deen, for iman, how much subhanAllah we have. And imagine those people who are dying out of this starvation without iman. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Khasirat dunya wal akhirah. They got tested here and gone in the akhirah as well. That's the saddest part, don't you think so? So how much shukr we should have for iman? How much shukr for every time we are able to say SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this whole dunya is all a test. وَإِلَيْنَا turjaun, And you will all be returned to us. For what? to be rewarded or to be punished. When the disbelievers see you, 
They, they take you as an object of mockery. Is this the one who mentions your gods profanely? Though as the mention of the all-merciful, they themselves profess unbelief. Okay, what they're saying is that the disbelievers, when they say Rasulullah they make a mockery of him because they, they falsely accuse Rasulullah of uh, making a mockery of the disbelievers and their gods. Instead, he is inviting them towards the oneness of Allah and is explaining to them that please don't fall for this. These idols are not going to help you, not going to benefit you. I'm telling you for your own good. So they misrepresent that and say, look at this fool, look at this in, in individual who's making fun of us, let's make fun of him. We see that happens today. That the people who don't have deen or are not following deen will start making fun of those who are following deen. And within, unfortunately, within the Muslim community. Just recently, uh, a brother was mentioning, young boy who's trying to grow out his beard in high school is being, uh, you know, physic, uh, emotionally abused and taunted by fellow Muslim uh, classmates. And these are words that if you were to literally look at them, they are absolute mockery of the Sunnah of Rasulullah mockery of the deen. If a person doesn't keep a beard, that's not kufr. That is obviously not kufr if a person doesn't keep a beard. But to make fun of the beard, and to make fun of the Sunnah of Rasulullah most definitely is an act of disrespect to the Sunnah, which equals kufr. It's an action of kufr. Any Sunnah of a person cannot practice for whatever reason, doesn't want to practice, May Allah forgive him for that, give it to you and I tawfiq. We all need tawfiq. But we have to make sure we control our tongue. How dare can a person make fun of the one who, who, who Rasul Allah Azza wa made as our example. Through his barakah we have received the Qur'an. Through his barakah we know who Allah is. So we have to teach this to our children. Right? To be careful. You know, as, and, and, and this reminds me of what's happening in this Qur'an verse here. People make fun of those who fall in the deen. While they themselves profess unbelief. Allah says, you're, make, you're, you're so-called hurt huh? by Rasulullah SAW saying your idols don't benefit you and harm you. What about you? What do you do to me? How dare you dis- disagree and disobey and deny my existence? You're speaking against me with the very tongue that I have created and have given to you. The problem is, you think you want to end this game real fast. You're created out of haste. Man is creature of haste. And he thinks that, bring it on. He says to Allah, He says to Allah, that's mentioned in the ninth juice, Surah Al Anfal. He says, In If the truth is from Allah, if this is the Quran is from Allah, then ask your Allah to send down stones as a punishment upon us. Or bring a very painful torment. Look at this, they're asking a challenging Rasulullah. We want to see a painful torment, or we want to see an avalanche of stones from the sky, if Islam is true religion. So many people, they ask for miracles. Oh, I want to see a miracle. No, Allah Azza wa is not jack-in-the-box that He has to listen to you. You press a button, here you go, yes sir. No, people say, I'm not going to believe in Islam until I see a miracle. Alright? You your existence is a miracle, my friend. You're very walky on this earth is a miracle. Your process of bo- being born is a miracle. The fact you drink water and, and, and you eat and all that is a miracle. What other miracle you want? Allah Azza wa is not going to bend over back as we say to please you and to please me. To say, no, I'm not going to believe in Islam until I see a miracle. So don't say things like this. Allah may at times choose out of His kindness to give you a miracle. Yeah. But we shouldn't be expecting, we shouldn't be asking. Because that is not the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa says, oh you're asking about my signs? You want to say this, that? Okay, I'll show you my signs. And my signs are talking about the signs of punishment, the signs of punishment hellfire, and the signs of punishment in this dunya. Don't keep on pressing the call button. Don't keep on pressing the alarm button. 
I want to bring it on, bring it on. Because when it comes on, you're not going to be able to hide, you're not going to be able to run. They say in contempt. Of course, they don't believe in it. When will this promise of divine judgment be fulfilled if you, O Muhammad and the believers are truthful? Today, this is the, 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 oppress, the oppressors say this. The oppressors in the jails as they torture innocent Muslims say these type of things. They, they literally, they say this. Where is your Allah if you're on the truth? Where is your Allah if you're on the truth? And Allah Azza wa Jal, He's made this dunya such a place of tests. Allah doesn't immediately, He could. He could easily send an angel and destroy that person in an instance. But this is the system of Allah. His Nabi got hurt so many times. Allah could have sent down hundreds and millions of angels, although the angels were dying to come to defend Rasulullah But Allah made His Nabi lose His teeth. Allah made His Nabi bleed multiple times. Allah made His Nabi go through so much difficulty. And there were instances where His Nabi was also warned. Where there was instances where wahi came that there's the, the Yahud are about to throw a boulder from a top from a top of a wall, move away from here, and so he moved away, right? So there are instances where Allah did you know choose to send the revelation to protect him, but there are other instances where Allah watched, and that's why Rasulullah says in Surah Araf, "Lo kuntu alamul ghayba min al khairi wa ma If I knew the ghayb. If I knew the ghayb, for those people who think Allah knows everything, Rasulullah knew everything and knows everything. This is an answer to them. If I had knowledge of the unseen fully, all everything, if I always knew everything that's happening in the unseen, what will happen, what shall happen? I would have, I would have gathered all the time just goodness and goodness. All the time. I'm always be winning every battle. Every day would just be winning. And no difficulty would have ever touched me. But is that what happened? Every day Rasulullah went through difficulty. Every day hunger. Every day poverty. Every day seeing his sons uh, uh, you know, passing away. Come on, man. Like seriously, one, two, three, four, five. One after another seeing his children die in front of him. And he has to bury them himself. So when a person says, I'm going through a lot in my life. I'm tired of this. Where's Allah? Remember, study the seed of the Prophet who said if, uh, if, you, if Allah is happy with you, He'll give you an easy life? Who said if Allah is happy with you, He'll protect you from anything? Although I, you and I want it like that, but believe me, it's not going to happen like that. We should ask for, for afiyah, but we shouldn't think that if things are going, not going our way, then Allah is, angry, uh, Allah is not with us. What's the point of my... I got up for tahajjud today, still I got, a, I got a, what? a speeding ticket. Right? That doesn't work like that. So these things happen to us. You'll get, you know, problems and difficulties will come our way. We need to have patience. If no, never would they be, or never would this be asked. If only those who disbelieve knew that a time will come when they will not be able to hold off the fire of Jahannam from their faces, nor from their backs, and therein they shall never be helped. Meaning, you would not be, you would not act so disrespectful with Allah. You would not be so audacious with Allah. And you would not have the guts to speak in such a disrespectful manner. If only you knew a day is coming when that blazing fire of Jahannam will envelop the disbelievers and you won't be able to even protect your face from it nor your back from it. Because why? The face is the most honorable and most sensitive part of the body. And that's what we want to always protect, our face. Allahu Akbar. Move on to Surah Zumar. Allah says, أَفَمَن يَتَّقِي بِوَجْهِهِ سُوءَ الْعَذَابِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Imagine the one who will protect himself, who will use his face to protect himself from the blazing fire of Jahannam. That's how bad it's gonna be. His hands will be tied to his neck or somewhere else. So now he is using his face to protect. Who does that? Unthinkable, unfathomable in this world to use your face as, a, as something to defend yourself from something. 
But that's how it's going to be on the day of judgment. So if this is the condition of the face, what about the rest of the body? Nor will they be helped. Rather indeed, it shall all come upon them suddenly. Punishment of the dunya and punishment of the akhirah will come upon them suddenly. فَتَبْهَتُهُمْ And confound them utterly. They will have no idea where did this adab come from. فَلَا يَسْتَطِعُونَ رَدَّهَا It is then that they will not be able to repel this punishment, nor وَلَاهُمْ يُنْضَرُونَ Nor shall they be reprived. Nor they will be given a, a chance, a second chance. Dunya, exams, students are coming. May Allah reward you all and give barakah in your ilm and amal. You're all studying for exams, I know. But Allah forbid, you know, dunya, no matter what exam it is, of, of dunya or of ilm, studies in the college, you fail once, you always have a second chance. And you fail X number of times, and you can move on to a different career, different. But the failing of the exam of the akhirah, there is absolutely, absolutely no second chance. No matter how much we cry at that time. I know it's painful to you that these people are making so much fun of you, making a mockery of you. And to, to those Muslim boys and girls today, and to the men and women who get mocked at for their practicing of Islam at work and at school and in your own family parties very truly messengers before you were also mocked you're not the only one this is the sunnah of the anbiya is to get mocked so if you're a follower of Nabi Wasallam, get ready to be mocked that's it that's, that's how it is people backbite people will hurl insults it's true right and you go, you go earn money all the day and you don't come to the masjid, no one's gonna speak to you. As soon as you start making effort in the masjid, doing some type, you're vacuuming the masjid, you're giving a talk in the masjid, you are do, you're part of a volunteer group in the masjid, you have 10 people speak about you. But you are not coming to the masjid for 10 years, no one cares, no one will bother even knocking at your door. But as soon as you want to do some dini work, you start up, you said, man, I care about the, uh, I care about the orphans, I care about the, uh, the, the people who are, who, are, who are drug addicts, I care about people who are widows, let me go start up an organization and start doing work, you have 10 people launching 10 websites against you. But you do the work of, of the kufr, or you don't do any work of deen, no problem. That's, expect that, that's gonna happen. As soon as you and I make an effort towards deen, it's expected that people will start retaliating. فَحَاقَ بِالَّذِينَ سَخَرُوا But what's gonna happen at the end? سَخِرُوا But those who scoffed at them were encompassed by the every punishment they used to mock. This is an amazing ayah. حَاقَ is to encompass. Allah says the very punishment that you say will never come. Bring it on, bring it on. I'm gonna bring that same punishment. And it's gonna surround these people who used to make a mockery of it. Well, they will be able to see with their very own eyes that this is the thing we said will never come. Here it is, right in front of us. Alhamdulillah, this is where uh, we've caught up with our uh, uh, weekly goals. So if you have a, qu- a question, we can take a couple minutes of questions here inshallah um, about what we spoke about today. You can just scan the QR code or slido.com. 356-8107 is the passcode for today. 356-8107. Quick few questions if, if we have inshallah. Uh, you can ask here online or on site. Those brothers and sisters are here. And then if you are, don't get reminders for the weekly tafsir, I, I know they're still working on coming up with a good program, but in the meantime, if you're new today, listening online or on site, I request you to please take a quick scan of this so you are able to, um, inshallah, join, uh, you receive important messages and reminders for our uh, tafsir programs. Um, this is the goal, beloved brothers. We have our monthly goal of 25 million salawat, inshallah, till the um, Sira conference. 
So those of you who have to leave early right now, you're not going to be able to, you can grab your tea from outside. But also I request you to please pick up the, uh, the salawat card as you're leaving. Take three, four, five, as many as you can. And inshallah, get your siblings, your family members, your, if, you're, if, you go, if your children go to school, and they have Muslim kids there, boys and girls, Islamic school, public school, whatever. Uh, you can, I, re- I recommend that we come up with a competition. And to say inshallah, whoever does the most within our family, we'll have this uh, Fridays, we'll announce a winner. And we'll give them an award, $10 gift card to a restaurant or ice cream parlor or whatever. Anything, that's the best $10 you can get. Right? Someone, I, re- I read a tweet, someone said that, um, uh, I told my son, for every book he reads, I'm going to give him a, a $10 gift card or something like that. And he said, you know, like, <laughs> that's the cheapest education that I've gotten. Cheapest education. That if $10 can motivate your son or daughter to read a book, it's much cheaper than any college education you can imagine, right? So this is the best $10 you can give. As an award, you can get uh, people to, to recite salawat in your family and your class. Inshallah, I'll do that. Please also remember, we have our Sira conference. Mark all of your calendars, inshallah, November 11th and 12th. We have our Sira, annual Sira conference, Friday evening after Isha, Saturday from Dhuhr till 10.30 p.m. Um, we have lectures with all the imams of various masajid of Chicagoland area, ex- exclusive sisters program. We'll have dhikr and salawat, a babysitting, bookstore, snack stall, complimentary dinner, inshallah, on Saturday night, kids and youth activities as well. So please uh, register at masjidds.org forward slash Sira conference, Sira, S-I-R-A-H, and C-O-N-F. Spread the word, inshallah, for the winter intensive as well, which is going to be coming in, in just six to eight weeks. Uh, 23 to 25, winter intensive, December 23rd to 25th. Uh, this is a, this, if those of you who are listening from on, uh, over, or out of state, please purchase your tickets as soon as possible. We have accommodations available at the Muslim-owned hotels across the street. You can book it for a um, discounted rate from our website. And those brothers who want to join our, um, would do i'tikaf in the masjid, the masjid will be available also for i'tikaf. Uh, someone just made a, uh, a comment here. This ayah talks about everything having its rotations. And the letters in the ayah spell the name forwards and backwards. SubhanAllah. Uh, I never noticed that. If that's uh, the first time someone's pointing that out. Um, that's pretty interesting. If one repents from a sin, but his hardship is still not gone, what should one do? Okay, not every hardship is due to sin. Not every hardship is due. What sin did Rasulullah commit? Na'udhu billah. So accept that. You have to make sabr. You have to make sabr. That's it. And, and keep on asking Allah Azza wa Jalla to remove that. Don't stop thinking that You've, it's only sin. That's a waswasa if you keep on beating yourself over the back. That I've, I've repented, why is this happening? How can men, believers be strong mentally during, during these problems? I feel like everyone is going through a hardship currently. Gee, everyone is, go, is always being tested. It's not just now, always we are being tested. The way you endure this is through spirituality and ruhaniyah. The stronger your relationship and my relationship is with Allah, the easier it will be for us to handle these things. Ta'alluq ma'Allah, through the remembrance of Allah, attending gatherings of, of like this and other gatherings at Masajid, and uh, having a relationship with a mentor, is inshaAllah from amongst the many ways we will be able to handle ourselves. Does sadaqah remove hardships? Definitely. This is mentioned clearly in hadith. Al Rasul said, cure your sick through sadaqah. And sadaqah is such a protection that difficulty cannot overcome, outdo it.
Is there any dhikr for my, uh, 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 for my beauty and my character and appearance? There's one dua, as you know, with the dua when you're supposed to look in the mirror. It is Allahumma kama hassanta khalqi fa ahsin khuluqi. If you, if you search online, what is the dua for looking in the mirror? Allahumma kama hassanta khalqi fa ahsin khuluqi. Oh Allah, just like you have beautified my external appearance or my physique, make my akhlaq beautiful. Another dua of Rasulullah or mentioned in books of dua, Allahumma j'al sarirati khayran min alaniyati waj'al alaniyati salihah. Oh Allah, make my internal life better than my external life. Make my inner, inner self better than my outer self and make my outer self also beautiful and righteous. What a beautiful dua. How do we keep up with your iman when there's no peace at home? Yeah, this is the test. Again, when there's no peace at home, you hit the musallah. They say, what is the distance between you and the solutions to your problems? Say, it's the distance between your forehead and the ground. Right? That's what it is. The more sujood we do in our... You know, when you have, no, we don't have peace at home, you go in a room, go into the closet, and you cry. Don't cry to other people. Cry to Allah Azza wa Jal. That's one of the best exercises, is that we pray two rakat salah, do nice long wudu, pray two rakat salah, face the qibla, and make a long dua, and pour your heart out. And then give sadaqah. Recite Qur'an. It's amazing how you'll start feeling. Crying in front of Allah after salah, doing dhikr, reciting Qur'an. And especially waking up at the time and the night when everyone else is asleep. It's so amazing. 5.30, 5 o'clock. Now Fajr is so late. It's the easiest time of the entire year to pray tahajjud is right now. We only have a couple weeks left or one week or two weeks, whatever. Since the hour will change. So right, so right now it's the latest Fajr time in the, in the entire year. So it's the easiest time to get up for tahajjud and pray. And will a person be a disbeliever if they don't believe uh, in, in the khulafa? Well, that is one of the important aspects of I don't, If a person, it depends. What does it mean doesn't believe? If a person thinks the sahaba, <coughs> Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu is not a Muslim, and billah, yes, then that's, um, that's, that's not iman. Takes a person, because that's mentioned in too many hadith, and also uh, in many verses of the Quran, refer to the sahaba, of course. Um, but if a person believes you know, something else, um, like for example, someone else was worthy of being Khalifa, etc. That might be out of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Uh, def- uh, but definitely not might be, will be. But does it mean they, may, they will automatically leave the fold of Islam if they still have respect for them? Um, was there a part of the Prophet Sallallahu life when he was not mocked? They were always disbelievers and the disbelievers obviously didn't like him and rejected him. So, but they were, towards the end of his life he was surrounded by Muslims, Sahaba, who were his, and who did everything for him. So things did change toward the end of his life. Struggling to have children, um, uh, there is ma- many uh, ways of asking Allah And one thing that you can find in the Quran, who knows that? What's one of the dua from the Quran? Method from the Quran to have children? From Surah Nuh. إِسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا وَيُمْدِدْكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ وَبَنِينَ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَرًا Allah says, do istighfar. Please come close. 
those brothers here, please come closer. We're gonna do a dhikr and before we end here, so come close together. Allah reward you. I know you're like, it's not my fault someone just left in the middle. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> you're getting upgraded from, imagine, some people leave business class and you get upgraded from economy to business, huh? That's what you're getting. Istaghfiru Rabbakum. Allah says, seek forgiveness from Allah. Indeed, Allah is willing to and wanting to accept your tawbah. Allah, Allah will send down the rain pouring and Allah will increase you in your wealth and Allah will increase and give you, your, give you children, your sons so some people I've heard of who, who, who took this ayah and this went all out, husband and wife thousands of times of istighfar every day, thousands and Allah alhamdulillah through the barakah of their conviction in this ayah granted them children Does everything that happens in our life has a lesson behind it, even the smallest things that happen? Everything happens with the wisdom of Allah. Nothing happens coincidentally and accidentally. It's up to you and I to focus on the hidden wisdoms behind what happens. Right? To learn a lesson from that. The more lessons you learn, the better. But don't think that everything's happening because this guy, this guy did this to me and he blew, this one blew on me and this one did that to me. That's also waswasas, that I probably got this enemy against me, he put the nazar on me. No, no. But I'm not talking about that. Just look at everything and say, everything is if the leaves of every leaf has Allah's name written on it. Yani it's a sign of Allah. Then everything happening in your life is also, you can take a lesson from that. May Allah Azza wa Jal, if we said anything right, it was indeed from Allah Azza wa Jal, if any mistakes were made, may Allah Jalla Jalla uh, forgive us. Okay, inshallah, let's do a few moments, minutes of dhikr and then we will... Um, and then we have the sajda ayahs. After after we finish, we'll do the sajda before.